Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Allahumma allimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana Wa zidna ilman wa amalan ya Rabbil Alameen Amma ba'd No, I know that. It's not that I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's not working. I just don't... It literally picked as soon as I started. No, it's not an issue of closer. Yeah, no, that's not the issue either. It's it's nothing changed. All right, let's get started. Uh, Bismillah. And we certainly showed Pharaoh all of our signs, but he denied them and refused to believe. All right, inshallah. So we're continuing with the story of Musa alayhi salam and uh, Pharaoh, as mentioned in Surah Taha. So we um, we we covered last week the story of. Musa alayhi salam standing in front of Pharaoh. And if you've been with us from the beginning, you know that the story begins long before Musa is even a prophet. He's traveling with his family. Allah Ta'ala shows him signs. Um, Allah has a conversation with him about the staff in his hand. And he's told to throw the staff and the staff turns into a serpent. Um, And then eventually God, Allah, informs him that he's a prophet and that he has a job to do, which is to go to Pharaoh, go to Fir'aun, and invite him to Allah. And Musa alayhi salam, the prophet Moses, had experienced some fear at that time. So Allah gave him his brother, Harun, Aaron, to support him in his project of inviting Pharaoh, inviting Fir'aun to Allah. And so last week we covered that conversation where Pharaoh's asking the Prophet Moses about, about Allah, who is your, this God that you believe? Um, if your religion is true, what do you say about the people before? Are they in hell? And the answer of Moses was, does anyone recall what he said when he asked? What about the people before? If you're saying your religion is true, and to go to paradise, we've got to follow your religion, what about the people before us? They didn't follow your religion. You weren't even around to tell them. So do they go to hell? What's the the fate of such people? And he says, which is a really important principle for us, The knowledge of that is with my Lord. He knows everything. He may not have told us everything, but he knows everything. And you know, honestly, it's not our job to declare who's in paradise and who's in hell. Our job is to work for our own paradise, to to be saved from Jahannam, from hell, and to help each other in that same mission. Alright, now, today we're reading when Fir'aun, Pharaoh, he calls the magicians, and they're going to have a showdown. He basically wants to show everybody that Musa and his brother are wrong. So what does he do? Allah mentions in this verse that we just read, verse 56, Allah says, we showed Pharaoh all the signs that he needed. We showed him, وَلَقَدْ أَرَيْنَاهُ آيَاتِنَا كُلَّهَا We showed him all the signs that he needed, that he required in order to accept 
the message of Moses. But he rejected them. And he denied. And he said, no, I'm not going to accept it. Okay. Now, we mentioned this, we read this verse last week as well. Verse 57. Ray, can you read this? He said, have you come to drive us out of your land and your magic, O Moses? Right. He says, Pharaoh now turns to the intention. He says, Hmm, Moses, what, what do you get out of this? It seems what you really want to do is come here, kick us all out of this land so that you can take over. That's really what you want. That's what he's insinuating here. Okay, in verse 58, now Pharaoh begins to say, how he hopes to disprove Moses. We can surely meet you with similar magic. Okay, just pause right there. For, مثلي, number one. First thing Pharaoh says is, oh, we can bring similar magic. Hold on, there's a problem there. What's the problem? What's the problem? He's assuming it's magic. He's claiming it's magic. What Musa is trying to tell him, what Moses is trying to tell him is that this is not magic. This is not me deceiving you and playing some, uh, you know, like a sleight of hand. It's not a magic trick. This is from God. I am the messenger of God. Allah gave prophets miracles. Miracles, we could say, are events that break convention. So the way you would expect the world to function, the way you would expect the world to function Allah would give the Prophet, this is from God, this is not the, the Prophet being able to do this by himself. Allah would give the Prophet the ability to display an event that was unconventional, that broke the norms, the conventional norms. And the purpose of that was to, so that people could recognize that this Prophet is actually from God. Do you understand that? Because who could break the norm? For example, Going forward, we're going to see when Musa, the prophet Moses, splits the sea. What does it take to split a sea? What does it take? Who created the sea? Who is able to split the sea? It's not a human being. It's only a superpower, a supreme power, a higher power. Do you get that? So when the prophet can show that, the prophet can say, look, I just showed you this, this event that you know I didn't do it. You know that none of you did it. So who did it? That supreme being, that God. And the fact that it happened when I told you it would happen shows you that I'm in communication with that God. So I am the messenger of God. Do you understand the purpose of miracles here? The purpose of miracles is not to show off. You better check what I could do, yo. That's not, that's not what it's about. It's about showing the people that the prophet's in conversation with God. Does that make sense? Yeah? Have you all seen a miracle? Who's seen a miracle here? Muslims, you see a miracle every day. Every day you look at the Qur'an, the Qur'an is a miracle. No, the Qur'an is a miracle. It is a miracle from God, it's a linguistic miracle. It's a miracle that pertains to the language of the Qur'an. We all have that. Some of you have memorized that. And imagine you memorized that miracle and you haven't realized its value. You have what was given to prophets to show people that they were truly prophets. 
You have that with you. It's there in your house every single day. But imagine we just use it and we put it on the shelf for blessings and barakah. Do you understand? That's why we have these events on Friday nights where we read verse by verse so that we build a living relationship with the Qur'an. So we don't leave the message of God on red. Or on, not even red. It's unopened. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if it's red, it's actually not a bad thing. We left it unopened. We didn't even check. You know when the last scene is later than when the message was sent? Yeah. That's why we're doing this. Imagine, I've said this before, imagine some of us will go our whole lives and we will not have read every message of God to us. That's a really crazy idea. Okay, so, what does he say to him? Oh, we're, we, we can match you with the magic. Already he's kind of like taunting Moses. Yeah, it's all magic you got. So we got magic like that too. Right, so then what does he say? In a central place. Yes, yeah, set up an appointment. Meaning, فَجَعَلْ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكَ مَوْعِدًا لَا نُخْلِفُهُ نَحْنُ وَلَا أَنْتَ مَكَانًا سُوَى So let's, let's agree upon a place, a time, right? Where we can meet. And we're going to call everybody. So it's going to be like a public showdown. And the idea is, if everybody comes, this one event will determine once and for all who's actually who's actually on, on, on the truth. And th that's why they also said, let's make it a central place. So like, it's not happening in like, the back room somewhere. It's, it's public, and everyone's going to see this. Okay. So what does Moses say? Moses said, your appointment is on the day of the festival, and let the people be gathered midway. Subhanallah. So he's like, look, قَالَ مَوْعِدُكُمْ يَوْمُ The day of the festival. You know the day of Eid? The day of Eid is the day when like everybody comes out, right? So he said, let's have the showdown on the day of Eid. There's confidence on the part of Musa. Let's have it on the day of Eid. And then he says what? Let's gather the people at mid-morning. Why that time? Why not in the evening when everybody's done work or something? That's not how they work, by the way, anyways. But yeah. Why, why would it be mid-morning? Everything is clear. Everything is clear. So you, your eyes don't play tricks on you. And you go, ah, I'm not sure if that was real, man. Maybe like, it was just, you know, nighttime. I couldn't see clearly. You know what I'm saying? No excuses. He's like, let me show it to you with no excuses. So you see in, you know, like broad daylight, exactly what's happening. You don't doubt your own eyes. All right, next verse. Pharaoh then withdrew, orchestrated his scheme, then returned. Right, so now they've agreed to meet. So what does Pharaoh do? Fatawalla Pharaoh. Pharaoh goes back. Now, this doesn't, he says he withdrew. This doesn't mean that he merely walked away or something for a few minutes. It means he left. Fatawalla Pharaoh fajama'a kaydahu. He went and he gathered magicians. Because remember, he's convinced this is just magic. And he said, we got magicians too. So we're going to gather all the best magicians. We're going to bring them forward. And he planned. And, he's, and he kind of like schemed and strategized with them. He was aware of what Musa could do. 
He was aware that Musa could throw a staff and turn it into a, into a snake. So that's what he did. He got all these magicians and he trained them that I want you to be able to do something similar. But they're going to do it with, with ropes. Okay. Then he comes back on the day. Now, on that day, Musa gives the magicians one final chance. What does he say to them? Moses warned the magicians, Who to you? Do not fabricate a lie against God. Or he will whip you out of torment. Whoever fabricates lies is bound to fail. Right. So Musa turns to the magicians. He says, listen. He says, this is your last chance. I'm warning you. Don't lie against God. Now what's he talking about? What's he talking about? When he says to them, don't lie against God. What lie might they lie? Exactly calling the miracle magic. When they see Musa perform his miracle, and they say, oh, that's just magic. Remember, when you're really good at something, you can recognize, you know, like, real recognizes real. Like, the magicians, when they would see the miracle, they would know right away, that's, that's, not, that's not just a sleight of hand. Because they know how to do sleights of, sleight of hand, right? They know how to do tricks. When they would see the miracle, they would know right away, this is, not, this is not magic. This is something different. But the potential was what? For them to say, no, 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 guys, this is just magic like what we did. This is no different. You understand? They could lie. So what Musa tells them is, listen, listen, I'm telling you now. Don't lie against God. When you see what I perform, don't lie to the people. Tell them the truth of what you know my miracle to be. Otherwise, he says, he's going to wipe you out with a torment. He'll punish you, right? Um, whoever fa fabricates lies is bound to fail. And if you lie, God will expose it. You're not going to win. So, now the magicians are a bit shook. Like, oh man. Well, what should we do? So the next ayah, verse number 62. So the magicians disputed the matter amongst themselves, conversing privately. So now they're like, okay, we, got, we need to huddle up. So they call all the magicians together. They're like, listen, man, what do y'all want to do? What do y'all want to do? If we tell the truth, then Fir'aun's going to be upset. Right? He's going to be upset. Because we basically said that Musa is right. And if we lie, when we know it's a true prophet, then the God that we are lying against will punish us. So they come together. Y'all heard of groupthink? Who's heard of groupthink? Hands up, nobody? A lot of you haven't heard of groupthink? You should, you should Google it. Look into the idea of groupthink. Psychological phenomena. The idea that when people come together, they can often... It's funny, because people say, let's get together so we can generate good ideas. What's fascinating is, when people get together, they feel pressure from each other. So that's where conformity happens. Where you just kind of conform. Or sometimes you disagree, but you don't express it. You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Do you get what I'm trying to say here? Y'all ever been in a meeting where things are being discussed and you disagree? And then the question's asked, does anybody disagree? And you're like, I can't be the only one to put my hand up and disagree. So you're just like, quiet. That's, that's, that's groupthink right there. Where you choose to stay quiet, even though you disagree, 
because of the pressure of the people around you. You ever heard of yes men? Being surrounded by yes men, the concept? Being surrounded by people who will never disagree with you because you might throw a tantrum or you might boycott them or you might you know, become really offended. So like, let's not offend them. So we just agree with everything. It happens sometimes, by the way. In a really toxic workplace, that's what it looks like. It's the boss who nobody can disagree with. Do you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have had a boss like that? Anybody? Had a boss you could never disagree with? Oh snap, we got a hand in the back there. Yeah. Anybody else? Any bosses here? <laughs> like, yo, the employees like looking over there like, yo, I hope I can't put my hand up. Huh? Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's interesting. It's a very narcissistic behavior. The idea that nobody can disagree and everyone must agree with me. So that's what happens. They come together, they talk about it like, what should we do? And then they decide, listen man, we can't risk it. We can't risk it. Fidaron's literally right there. We can't risk this. They come out and in verse 63, they tell the people, or they basically tell the people what they have decided. Verse 63, please. They said, قَالُوا إِنْ هَذَانِ لَسَاحِرَانِ يُرِيدَانِ أَنْ يُخْرِجَاكُمْ مِنْ أَرْضِكُمْ بِسِحْرِهِمَا وَيَذْهَبَا بِطَلِقَتِكُمُ الْمُثْلَى SubhanAllah. So they come back and they say, Oh yeah, we figured it out. These two, Moses and Aaron, Musa and Harun, these are just magicians. And they're here to kick you out of your lands. Remember what Fir'aun accused them of? They agreed with Fir'aun. They said, yeah, that's what, you're, that's what they're here for. They're just trying to kick you out of your lands, and they're trying, to, they're trying to change your traditions. This is a very interesting idea. Right? Not just kick you out. But the traditions that you hold dear, they want to change them. Why is that relevant? Why is that relevant? Some of you should really appreciate that point right there. Do you understand what, what, what this point's about? Changing traditions, changing a culture, saying, no, we're not going to do it how the culture does it. And then what, what do the parents say? No, how, how, could, how could we ever do it other than the way that our culture does it? What will the people say? Or this, this new generation wants to change the way we've done things. The idea that all change is bad. Growth has changed too, by the way. huh? Growth has changed too. So, what does he tell them? What do, or what do the magicians tell the people? Don't let these people come. These two, these prophets, or they're not prophets, they don't believe they're prophets, but these two, don't believe them. They're just here to kick you out, change the way people do things, and you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to change the way people do things. The things you're, you've done, and your parents have done, and your grandparents have done, you really want to change those traditions? And they're like, yeah, no, we shouldn't do that, you know? That idea. It's a very powerful thing. The idea of doing things because that's how they've always been done. And the idea is that they have semi-worked up until now. If we change them, no guarantee that they'll work. And what's so interesting is, if you change them, there's actually the potential to actually improve. But why risk it, is the whole idea. Why risk it? 
You know, human beings can be very averse to change. Any change, positive or negative, just averse. You ever heard of the term inertia? Inertia? It's a powerful force. The idea that don't move, don't, don't change anything, just keep it how it is. And uh, that's what's happening here. Don't change anything. You don't want to change anything, right? You're good the way you are, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what happens with religion. When people start thinking about becoming closer to God and, and practicing religion, one of the things that scares them is what? It's change. It's, oh my God, I'm going to change so much. I mean, th that's a conversation that we need to have one day, is if you were to change, if you were to change the way you live and try to become more religious, would suddenly life become miserable? Would all the fun be sucked out of life? I mean, that, that's a notion that people have, right? Like you can't go to the clubs anymore. You can't do that anymore. You can't do that anymore. It's all just a bunch of restrictions. Now, how can life be enjoyable at all? And that's why, like, I say this sometimes. I say, just like we need to learn to be religious and, like, worship, we have to learn how to enjoy ourselves in a halal way too. It's something to learn. Yeah. A lot of people, when they become religious, that's all they focus on. Is just focus on worshipping and praying, and that's all good. But the human being needs a break. The nafs, it needs breaks. And if you don't actively make an effort to find healthy breaks for your nafs, the nafs will rebel. The nafs will rebel. That's why our religion does not restrict anything completely. When I say anything, I mean, example... Our religion does not say, never get married. That's not what the religion says. Our, the religion does not say, don't eat food. It says, eat halal. It does not say, don't get married. It says, get married to certain people. There's a certain way to do it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's a very... There, there's other religions that have different views. Completely outlaw marriage for certain segments of people. And then they're surprised why there's abuse. Why would there be abuse? Let's not even get political. But it is what it is. Let's be real about it. Our Prophet said, لا في الإسلام. Our religion is not one of complete, you know, monastic behavior. Where I'm not going to get married, I'm just going to live by myself. That's not Islamic. That's not Islamic. So what does that mean? Our religion encourages those healthy and natural behaviors, just channels them in the, in the right way. That's part of becoming religious. Do you get that? And so, it's not something we often think about. And when parents are thinking about like raising religious kids, it's often not something they think about. They just think, let me teach my kids religion. That's it. Let them learn the religion and practice and read Quran. What about enjoying themselves in a halal way and, and offering avenues for them to do so? That's part of the responsibility of a healthy Muslim community. All right, let's continue. It's weird. Oh, is it back now? It's subhanAllah. Okay. We're on now. Verse 64. So orchestrate your plan. Then come forward in perfect ranks. And whoever prevails today will certainly be successful. Right. So the magicians say, okay, come on, let's go. You, uh, you do whatever you want to do. Whoever wins today, they're the ones who are successful. And they're on the truth. All right. So now, now watch the, watch the magicians. Right? Magicians are interesting people. But at the end, we'll have some respect for them. Watch what they say. Yes, verse 65. 
They said, O Moses, whether you cast... Either. Oh, sorry. Either you cast or let us be the first... قالوا يا موسى إما أن تلقي وإما أن نكون أول من ألقى. It's like, you know, like when people are like confident. Musa, do you want to throw first, or should we throw first? You want to shoot for it, or should I shoot for it? You know what I'm saying? That's what they're saying. Now Allah is mentioning this in the Quran. It almost seems irrelevant, right? Like, why does it matter who throws first? But we're learning something about the psychology of the magicians. They're like confident. Oh yeah, we're going to win. So you want to throw? You go, you throw. Or we could throw, whatever you want. Musa responds and says, No, you go first. Go ahead, you guys throw it. And he wants to see what they're going to do. And suddenly, so what happens? So they throw. And suddenly their ropes and staffs appear to him by their magic to be slithering. يُخَيَّلُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ سِحْرِهِمْ أَنَّهَا تَسْعَى So they throw their staffs and the ropes, and all of a sudden, those turn into serpents that are slithering. Now this is interesting. For two reasons. Number one, Musa salam was like, wait, that's my miracle. I'm the one who's going to throw a staff and have it turn into a snake. You just stole... You know when like, you know people want to be the first one to share some news? Or like the first one to like, first, isn't it? Classic comments. First one, first. There's like this thing, human beings. We want to be the first. The first ones to release this. The first ones to post this. Musa's like... Because the next ayah tells us, So Musa السلام, concealed fear within himself. فَأَوْجَسَ فِي نَفْسِهِ خِيفَةً Musa. This is delayed fa'i. Musa experiences some fear in his heart. What's that fear of? What's that fear of? Anyone? Yeah. People are going to think he copied the magician? That, that's one. Right? He's, that people will not believe his miracle. Right? And they, they, they're going to think he's copying. So he has, he's not scared of what's happening in front of him. He already went through that. That's why Allah put him through that before. He already experienced the staff turning into a serpent. We read, he got terrified. Allah told him, grab it. It'll turn back. That was to train him for this moment now. So now when he, when he sees them, you know, throw their, 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 their ropes and staffs and they turn into like snakes, or appear to turn into snakes, he's not scared of the, 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 the snakes. He's worried that the people are going to be deceived. Because he's going to throw the same thing. He's going to throw a staff. It's going to turn into a snake. He's like, oh man, now they're not, they're not going to see the, the miraculous nature of my feet. Do you get it? So Allah tells him, in verse uh, 68, Bismillah. Oh, we reassured him, do not fear, it is certainly you who will prevail. Allah says, He told Musa, don't fear. You're going to win. You're going to prevail. You're going to be on top. <coughs> Again, Musa is like, okay, I'm not sure how. Let's see how that will be. So Allah tells him, Cast what is in your right hand. Take the staff. Throw it. And it will not just turn into a snake, but it will turn into such a snake that it will swallow up what they've made. All of their ropes and staffs, it'll swallow and eat them up. تَلْقَفْ مَا صَنَعُوا It'll swallow them all up in one like instance. Because what they've done is merely magic, Allah says. 
And magicians, no matter where they go, they'll never be successful. And so that's what he does. When he throws it, that's what happens. Now, what do the magicians do? And this is a beautiful thing from the magicians. In that moment, when they saw the truth, they submitted to the truth. This is a powerful thing. They recognize right away, that's not magic. That's not, that's not deception. That's not a sleight of hand. That's a true miracle. They could have still lied. Remember earlier they lied and said, no matter what, we're, just, we're not going to accept this. In that moment, you know when guidance hits the heart, even the most unlikely of people can change their lives. Do you understand? This is so interesting because who is the target audience that Musa salam is really trying to convince in this showdown? The people. The people, the spectators, right? You know what's interesting? Who ends up in the Qur'an being mentioned as the ones who actually accept Islam? The magicians. And it makes sense because what? They're the ones who can recognize the difference between magic, like magic and true, a true miracle. You know, sometimes, sometimes it takes seeing darkness to recognize what light truly is. Do you understand that? Sometimes it takes seeing darkness for people to realize the value of light. Those magicians had, had lived in darkness. They lived a lie. It was all magic. It was fake. It was, it was deception. It wasn't a true miracle. Their knowledge of that deception led them to recognize the truth when it came before them. That's a very powerful idea. Because sometimes we look at people in darkness and we say what? Oh, those people? Oh, they'll never come. They'll never come back. They'll never accept the message. Sometimes they're the ones to, who will accept it quicker than those who've been close to the light for a long time. Do you understand? Because they can value it. They can value it. And so what happens now? It's incredible. The magicians, they fall down in prostration. فَأُلْقِيَ السَّحَرَةُ سُجَّدًا That's another interesting idea. Did Musa pause and teach them prayer? Did he say, okay guys, let's have a class on salat, fiqh of salat here. Why did they fall down in prostration? It's a natural position of submission. Do you understand? How many of you have been, and that's, that's a very interesting thing about the human being, the spirit of the human. How many of you have been impressed by a performance without thinking you stood up and you clapped? No? Y'all are hard to impress, eh? <laughs> eh? Know what I'm talking about? What, about? what about? what about when you're watching the World Cup? And you're watching Messi or someone, right? You ever see people like going crazy? To the TV? Shoot! Like, like, as though the TV can hear them, right? And like an onlooker is like, what's wrong with you? Right? They, they're not thinking about it. Or when, when, when they score and the people jump up and they're just like, you know what I'm saying? You guys know what I'm talking about? On this side, they're like, no. Right? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. You don't, you don't plan to do that. It's just in the moment, you're just so overcome with, with, with um, admiration. You stand up and you clap. You know, here, admiration for the truth, submission to the truth, they just fall in sajda. A very natural thing to do. 
And they said, we bring Iman upon the, the Lord of Moses and Harun, Musa or Harun wa Musa. Now look at Fir'aun. This is narcissistic behavior right here. What does Fir'aun do? It's such an interesting thing. قَالَ فِرْعَوْنُ آمَنْتُمْ لَهُ قَبْلَ أَنْ آذَنَ لَكُمْ Fir'aun says, wait, hold on. Did you guys accept the message of Musa before I gave you permission? No, that's a very interesting thing. The idea that someone says, you're not allowed to make any decisions, you're not allowed to believe anything unless I let you. That's, that's one of the signs of a narcissist who believes not only that they can do what they want, but everybody must do what they want. And like I said, you will see that sometimes in workplaces. Do you get what I'm talking about? And I've heard of this, by the way. This is not, I'm not just saying that. I've heard of workplaces where, you know, people will get fired or people will leave that job. And the employer will continue to inquire. Hey, I heard you're having conversation with so-and-so. You're not allowed to do that. And they're like, I don't work for you anymore. I can literally do what I want, talk to whom I want. But a narcissist doesn't see that. A narcissist truly believes that everybody must ask them for permission. And that's what he says to them. You guys are just accepting this? You didn't ask my permission? Like, come on. If the magicians asked his permission, right? What's he going to say? Obviously no, right? He's not going to... Obviously not. He's not going to accept it. He's not going to give him the permission. And so he says, he must be the one who taught you your magic. Meaning you guys all want to follow this guy? Okay, then what does he do? And here, some of the scholars mention, here is a clear sign that Fir'aun is not God. Clear sign. I mean, we already know it. Here is a clear sign. And we'll finish with this verse here. What does Fir'aun tell him right away? The moment they disobey, what does Fir'aun say? I'm going to chop your hands off. I'm going to chop your feet off. I'm going to crucify you on the trunks of palm trees. And then you'll see whose punishment is more severe and more lasting. Why does that tell us that that's not who God is? Or why does that tell us that that's not, Fir'aun is not God? He's afraid. He's afraid. Okay, that's one thing. What else? A more obvious thing. Okay, he did not know the result, sure. But there's something else that's very obvious here. Yeah. That's like a punishment any king could give, right? Okay. But, but, but I'm talking more about the, the, the reaction of Fir'aun here. Fir'aun with one mistake said what? Punishment. What does God do? God will give you a chance. And a chance. And He'll give you respite. Think about the last time you sinned. Did a lightning bolt strike you down right after you did it? No. No, we laugh. But imagine you get caught speeding. Does the police let you go? No. Usually no. And some of y'all are like, he pulls me over anyway, no matter what. Because of how I look. Right? Some of y'all are like, Def defund them, right? That's no. So... No, but that's Fir'aun right there. One mistake, one disagreement. Boom, punish him. Who is God? To give you that chance. And another chance. And another chance. Maybe they'll make tawbah. The hadith of the Prophet ﷺ tells us, Allah extends, extends and opens the doors of forgiveness in the day for those who sin at night. 
And he throws open the doors of forgiveness at night for those who sin in the day. Perchance my servant might turn back to me. Perchance my servant might turn back to me. And give him that chance. Some of us will sin over and over and over again. And we won't see any punishment. Allah is giving us time to turn back to him. And look at Firam. One mistake, boom. One mistake is too much for him. Do you understand? We'll go on to read a little bit more about the magicians and what they say to Fir'aun, inshallah. And it's a very powerful thing, the power of faith. Faith is a powerful thing, guys. I mean, calamities show you that. How many of you have read some story uh, coming out of Turkey or Syria that just kind of like, just you marveled at the faith of somebody going through something? How many of you? Show of hands. Read a story and you're just like, subhanAllah. Only faith could bring about such a reaction to such a calamity. Inshallah, we'll read about that. And then we'll, the story goes on. After that, we, we, Fir'aun then chases Musa. And that's where the famous reaching the, 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 the sea comes. That story will come ahead, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding of the power of faith. And the understanding of the, the, the importance of standing by the truth. And recognizing that the truth of Islam will prevail. Because it is, it is God's religion that He sent down. It will not prevail because I follow it or you follow it, but because it is the truth. And our job is merely to present that truth and live that truth and demonstrate that truth. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallama wa baraka ala Sayyidina Muhammad. إن الله على كل شيء قدير